You're listening to Brave Girls Club. I'm Lindsay. I'm Kelly. And I'm Krista. And, and this, this is, is a, a podcast. podcast. <laughs> you know what? It's been a while. So <laughs> We were supposed to do a Halloween episode. And then things happened. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, got Everything sick. kept coming up. And Well, the first time we tried to record... Literally, we were like about to go like, okay, ready? We all were set up and everything. And then my internet went out for like the entire night and we had to get a new modem because like our modem exploded. That's nuts. Damn. That sucked. And then the second time, Krista got sick. And then the third time I had like stuff I had to go to. Ugh. It's like a journey that we've been but here on. here we are now. We're here today. We are here a month after Halloween (laughs) to record. And like... Sorry about it. Ten months after our last episode. Oops. No, not ten months. What? Has it It been that It was February. Almost a whole year. February. Mm -hmm. Dang. Well, we talk literally every day, so it doesn't feel like that long. Because I feel like we're always... Everyone else doesn't talk to us every day. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Sorry. <laughs> um, a and lot has happened since the last time we recorded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For instance, Lindsay's married. <laughs> yes, I am a married. <laughs> I'm a married woman now. And yeah, so Krista and Kelly. Off. Krista and Kelly were my beautiful bridesmaids. That was and really they, fun. I had they a good showed time. me up. And Krista's and Krista's <laughs> boyfriend. <laughs> Eric married us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that a three-way. That was fun to watch. <laughs> yep, it was a fun three-way to watch. It was yes. a fun three-way to be a part of. <laughs> I was there, it was a great that's wedding. all I can ask. It was beautiful. It was probably the nicest wedding I've ever been to. What? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was really beautiful. Like it was at the top of a mountain. There was a s'mores station, and there was pie, and there was trees and apple orchards all over. It was so beautiful. There was a creek. There was a beautiful little river thingy. Yeah, I didn't see that. It was going right by the uh, photo booth line. It felt like Disneyland. Okay, I remember. Okay. There's a little babbling brook in there. Yeah. It was, it was nice. Beautiful. It was really fun. And the the little bride's cottage was haunted, apparently. And yes. you didn't tell us until after we left. Yes. Um. So should I talk about that now? Yes. I guess we're talking about the wedding. Yeah, do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I don't know who I was talking to because I had like a bunch of girls in the bridal cottage. The bridal cottage is like where we got ready all together before the wedding and um when we were all getting ready remember when that book fell off the shelf yes it was when we were trying to take pictures yeah we were trying to take pictures we were nowhere near it we were like over on the couch and like a book or something like fell off of a bookshelf and then we were like joking that that 
little house was haunted because it was filled with like vintage wedding dresses and like vintage photos like really old photos and it was cool because wearing the dresses yeah that was was what was so cool Mm -hmm. was because they had like a an old mannequin with like a wedding dress on and then next to it was a photo of someone wearing that dress like in like the 50s like that era i feel like Mm -hmm. um so afterwards um uh like once the wedding was done and Kyle and I went into the bridal cottage to like gather like all of our stuff to leave um the coordinator lady was in there and she was helping us and we were talking and um I forget what I said I think I was like oh it's kind of spooky in here at night when there's like no one else in here and she was like oh yeah this this house is haunted and I was like what <laughs> you say what what i know um so it i was like funner. i was like do explain i was also like a little tipsy because i was i had like eight glasses of rosé so i was like hmm and um <laughs> she was like uh she was like yeah um i see things and i hear things in here all the time it's filled with antiques and and um like these dresses i feel like um may have like spirits like attached to them and blah 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 blah. and she was saying all this stuff and i was like dang we called it we knew it it was a little spooky it was didn't you see somebody or something kelly after the ceremony, I went in to grab my uh, inhaler out of my purse because I didn't have any pockets or anything to carry it around. So I went in to grab my inhaler. And when I walked in, there's like this old couch, like a, what are those, like a chaise lounge, mm-hmm. sort of, when you first walk in. And I thought Karina, uh, Lindsay's sister-in-law now, was sitting there. And I said, hey, how's it going? And I walked right by her. And then when I went to walk out, there was nobody there. I thought Karina was in there for sure. She definitely wasn't because she was with us like that entire like break yeah. time. Like we were all it together. It was like it was like right after you got announced and everyone uh-huh. sat down to eat. I ran in to grab my inhaler. Wow. While we were waiting for food. Damn, I didn't see shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's at not least fair. you got to put a rhesus in your s'mores. It might have been someone revolutionary. Who was like- Let me just tell you. <laughs> Instead of Hershey's chocolate, they had Reese's cups to put in the s'more. Are you kidding me? It, it's really life changing. Life changing. I, I didn't get to have one. I didn't even go in that area because I was like, I was in the photo booth so much and I was like dancing so much. I didn't even get to go. There was like so many little areas I didn't really get to go in. But when I get the photos, I'll get to see it all. So <laughs> it was a really photos. big venue. I didn't realize how huge it was. And that's what yeah. that's what um the people were telling us. They were like, Don't get mad if no one's dancing because like there's so many other things to do that like people don't just need to be like dancing because there's so many other fun stuff to do. So Yeah, there was a ton to do. That photo booth though, we got some we got a, we got some cute ones. <laughs> I love how they like turned the photo strips into like bookmarks. Yeah, that was like yeah. genius. Also, and they, they made like, like a, of everything. they made a whole ass album for us with every single picture that everyone took. Wow, that's a lot. Probably. Yeah, it does it have like the thick. little signatures that people did. Uh huh. And I have <laughs> yours, Kelly. 
<laughs> that says something like, I wish I spoke Spanish. Kelly. Yeah. What? I said, because I took a full row of just pictures of me alone because I thought it would be funny and I'm not smiling or anything. And then um, you I'll get to, to like write you. a little note at the end. And I wrote, um, I am so alone. I wish I spoke Spanish. Because everybody was speaking Spanish at the wedding. So yeah, understand. I was the only one who didn't speak, or didn't speak Spanish there. <laughs> what? Oh, you weren't? You didn't notice? <laughs> Every single person was speaking Spanish. That's how, like, yeah. on cloud nine I was. I didn't even realize that everyone was speaking <laughs> Spanish because I was so, like, just adrenaline that entire day. What a great day. What a great time. I miss it. I wish that I was could do it time. again. It was perfect. I would do it over and over and over again if I could. That was fun. Um. Any? What else have we been up to? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's been so long. I graduated school. Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. I'm done. Boop, boop. I'm not gonna Forever, go to my graduation. Right? Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I might go back for my oh. PhD just so that people will have to call me doctor. But mm-hmm. I already oh, do. Not really necessary. Yeah. I I already I I will call you doctor right now. Thank you. Dr. Salazar. You should Thank wear you. like a lab coat everywhere you go. I should. With my little pins on it. On the collar. Yeah. Cute. And a stethoscope. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say and a stethoscope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly. Doctor of film. I don't know if I, I I'm not going to go to my graduation ceremony. I don't want to. Why? They're awful and nobody likes to sit through them. So I do. You do? Yes. Why? <laughs> I went to a coworker's high school graduation this this year. Yeah? She invited me and I was like, "Yeah, sure." And I sat in the little um in the little football stadium all by myself. I Aww. really enjoy a good um high school band and choir and that mm, school's band okay. and choir is like the best up here. So I was like, "I want to go." I sat right behind the band. It was beautiful. That is beautiful, but also a little bit psychopathic. Oh. <clears throat> to want to go to a graduation. Like, I didn't even want to go to my last graduation. But, but don't you want to take pictures and get flowers and get the fun, like, little dollar necklaces made out of the dollars? Never got one of those in my life. Oh. And yeah. I've had I've, I don't even know what you're talking about. ceremonies like, already. Okay, never mind, guys. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Those like candy, like yeah. dollar necklaces that they give people. Yeah, I never, I never got one of those. Oh, candy dollars, <laughs> like the Hanukkah coins? No, no, yes. no. <laughs> no. Oh, never, never mind. <laughs> Sorry, forget about it. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh boy. So yeah, a lot, a lot has happened, but we're back. We're here, and we're ready to get sure spooky. are again. ready to get spooky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, should I volunteer to go first? Sure. If you would like if you want to. to. Do you guys mind? No. Go for no. it. Okay. Um, so I have just like a couple little stories and then I have a story of my own. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. That I have been saving for so long. Really? You haven't yes. even told us? No. I haven't. <gasps> I don't. Oh, what a treat! I don't think I've told you guys. 
I'll pretend well, I if you haven't have, heard I'll it. pretend I haven't heard it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um. So I just like to cruise on the internet. Um. This is what I was gonna tell for our. <laughs> I don't cruise. think that's what you mean. Cruise, but you know, you cruise mean on surf? the internet. No, I mean cruise. Yeah. Okay. Like surf the web, not cruise for guys. Cruise the internet. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Just let oh, just back door. Just let me cruise the internet, okay. guys. Please. Sorry, um, sorry, Lindsay. It's fine. Uh, this was for originally for our Halloween episode that we wanted to keep like kind of fun. So these are like mm-hmm. just kind of like some fun little stories, um, all paranormal based um, that I found a couple of them. They're true stories, but you never know when it's another person. So hopefully mm-hmm. it's actually true and they're telling the truth. If you're not telling the truth and you put your stuff on the Internet, guess what? You're going to hell. Um, the that's cyber true. police it's in the Bible. are going to arrest you. If I am cruising the internet and I see you lying, <laughs> I'm going to pull over, I'm going to get out of the car, and I'm going to beat the Why shit are you out of cruising you. cruising on, you're driving and cruising? It's <laughs> dangerous, Lindsay. I know. Okay. Um, Don't cruise and drive. Uh, so this story is called 911 Calls from an Abandoned House. Um, Gulp. <laughs> Um, and it is, I found it on Reddit, um, by a guy named Tin underscore Crow 25. Um, and it's just a fun little spooky story. So here it goes. Oh, and it comes with a spooky picture. Um, I'm interested, which I will put it on the Instagram. Yeah. Okay. So uh, here we go. Um, I'm a sheriff's deputy in a fairly busy county, so we see and hear strange things all the time, but this gives me the chills. There's an abandoned house in a rural area of the county that sits a good ways back into the woods. Every so often, our dispatch will receive a 911 call from a landline at the residence with nothing but white noise. The dispatchers ask if anyone is there, but they never get an answer. Since it's an open 911 call, and we know the address, we have to respond, and every time we do, there is no one there. The oddest thing is, there is no electricity or any signs of wiring going through the house. Every deputy that's been there gets a feeling of dread just being on the property. I'm not sure of the history of the house, so I don't know what um, what it could be. Um, but... There's an update. So he posted that and then he has been like updating like very frequently. Um, and there oh, was a fun. These are my favorite. And there was a fun update on uh, like the history of the house. Uh, he also put in some uh, fucking spooky uh, 911 call um, recordings too. What? Yeah. Ooh, we love those. So I'll have to we just sure send you guys do. this link so that you can listen to them. It's literally just like 911, what's your emergency? And it's just like, <laughs> like, that's it. So, um, kind of spooky. I've been doing some research between calls tonight and I have some history on the property. The house was built in 1890 and the first deed on file was registered in 1901. The property has since been in possession of the same family that owns it today. 
from mm. yeah it's weird from what i could find the current owners of the property live out of state now but had previously lived either in the house or on the property some years back the area it's in was a boom was a boom town during the late 1800s but fizzled out shortly afterwards due to lack of profits from the mines other than that i haven't found anything that makes this property stand out on a more spec speculative note the house sits close to an area where a native american tribe was known to reside i will dig deeper into the history of the property and the family and see what i can find out um but I don't really see any updates after that. So I guess I'll just have to see. But kind of spooky that maybe it's like haunted from like a Native American <laughs> tribe or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that call the police all the time? Yeah, that just call 911. I'm calling yeah, the that's police. That's what the ghost said. <laughs> um, you know, what? <laughs> uh okay so this one i really i really liked um so this one's called unknown number is my son crying saying he can't find my husband i get home and they're watching a movie no um and this one is from a user named skeleton war 9723 shout out throwback (laughs) i trust her throwback or him (laughs) okay um And she says, I still don't know what happened. I have chills. This happened a few days ago, and I decided to post it here because I need to get it out. I left for work around 9, and my husband was home with my son for the day. I went to lunch at 12.30. At 1, I get a call from an unknown number. Usually I ignore these calls, but something told me to answer. My 5-year-old son was on the other end crying. He said he was taking a nap. And when he woke up, his daddy was gone. I said, okay, I will come over since I'm still on lunch. I thought maybe my husband went to work in the garage or to take a shower or something and just freaked my son out a little when he woke up. I tell him to stay on the line and that it's about a 10 minute drive from me. He doesn't say much, but I can still hear his breathing on the other end. This is where it gets freaky. I have chills writing this part. As soon as I enter the end of my block on the phone, uh, sorry, as soon as I enter the end of my block, the phone call ends. I pull into the driveway and and his car is still there. The front door is shut. My neighbor is getting groceries from his car, so I say a quick greeting and head inside. My son and husband are sitting on the couch watching TV. My husband is playing on the cell phone. I asked him, what happened? And he is extremely confused. I tell him about the call and he acts like he doesn't believe me. I thought it was a crappy prank from him. So I asked my son, did you call mommy and say you couldn't find daddy? And he said, no. Can I have a juice box? He's too young to be good at lying. So I a hundred percent believe him. I feel like I'm going crazy at this point. I asked if my husband ever left the room or gave our son the cell phone. He says no to both. I check the call logs on that phone and there's nothing. We don't have any other phones of any type in the house. I still don't know what happened, but I'm beyond creeped out at this point. At this point. And that's it. You. Oh, bitch. I That is scary. That is so scary. <clears throat> like was it a real call and just the wrong number? 
from a different kid. Well, she it was would coming know. from her husband's phone. But how old is he? She would oh, know. It's an unknown number. Oh, it was an unknown. Yeah, it was an unknown, yeah, an unknown number. Yeah. But don't wouldn't you know your son's voice? Yeah, that's I don't true. Know. Kids sound the same. Not when it's your kid. They sound the same to us because we don't have kids. But I feel like when it's your kid, you know their voice. That's I weird. wouldn't know. But I imagine they all sound the same regardless. But anyway, so that's that one. And now I am going to tell my story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I don't know if I told you guys or not. About the studio? Did I tell you guys about the studio? No, I don't think I so. Don't know. No? Okay. Um, so I work in a pottery studio and a lot of our decor is very old. Um, like our desk is from like the early 1900s. We have a bunch of like coat hangers and like random like vintage like coffee makers and like tons of old tools and just like old stuff the owner like collects a lot of like antiques and stuff and decorates the studios that he opens with those antiques and a couple months ago we got security cameras installed into the studio and um I never thought of having like access to them because I don't want to like spy on my staff because I don't want to be that kind of a boss but But you want to make sure they're not taking a 16 minute break you know no 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 No, I don't (laughs) fired no um fired but so the reason why I got access to them was because someone's cell phone like a, a customer's cell phone was stolen um I don't I still don't think it was in our studio, but a customer's phone was missing and they wanted me to look back on the security camera cameras to see if I can see if anyone had taken it in the studio. So I got access to the cameras and then I have now I have the app on my phone and it gives me notifications every time there's significant movement in the studio. Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> um, so one night I was... By the way, I never saw anybody steal anything. It wasn't taken in the, the cell phone wasn't taken in the studio. But anyways, it's a safe um, place. Feel free to come. I by. never deleted the app or anything. I just kept it on my phone because I thought it would be good to have just in case anything like that happens again or whatever. And I was sitting in my bed one night, like the lights were off and I was like playing on my phone and I was up really late. Um and I was just like watching YouTube or something and I got a notification at like 2.30-ish in the morning um, about movement happening in the studio. And I was like, oh my God, like there's definitely no one, like no one is working there at two in the morning. So like, what the fuck? So I instantly opened the app and because it's dark, it's like night vision. Ew. <laughs> 
Everything's paranormal activity. <laughs> yes, it, it it was like exactly like paranormal activity. And there's so there's four cameras set up, and you can see like every angle of the studio. And I'm looking at all the cameras because I'm like, oh my god, like is oh did someone break a window? Like, because normally when I get the um, notifications is when like the lights turn on in the morning and someone opens the door to come in in the morning. That's like the only time I really get notifications. It's only when there's like significant movement. So. I was looking at each of the cameras. I was probably looking for about 15 minutes because I was a little freaked out because I was like, is, I was like wondering if someone was maybe trying to break in or something or shining a light or something. Um, and I saw a few. OK, this is like silly, but I did see a few orbs. But. Like, you know, like how people say that, like, orbs are like mm-hmm, spirits. Mm-hmm. So but I was like, but it's. it's a pottery studio and it's dusty as hell because of like clay dust so like I that didn't freak me out at all but so I was looking um at one of the cameras that shows like the most of the studio like it shows like the biggest area and I saw a light I don't know if it was a light or a white figure that (gasps) moved from the bagging area where we like keep all of our bags that for people's pottery that was made and it moved all the way to our coffee shop and disappeared at the coffee shop but it wasn't just like a light that went fast it was it moved like a person walking like up and down up and down up and down up and down like that and like I instantly just got like chills down my spine I was freaking out. I was like, oh, my God, what is happening? What was that? I'm looking. There is no one looking in the windows because I was like, is someone shining a fucking flashlight in the studio? Like, what's going on? There was nothing. There was nothing. And so that freaked me out. Um, A couple of weeks after that, um. I was like telling like the people that I work with because I was like, "Ooh, it's spooky. Like the studio is haunted, blah, 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 blah. And um, I was doing a deep clean of the front of the studio and we have a uh, chalkboard, like an old school chalkboard. And on the side that we use, it has just like class information about like pottery classes on it. And I, I didn't know that it flips over, like it flips down. Oh, And it, when I was moving it to clean, it flipped down and there was a face drawn on the backside, like a, like a silhouette of someone's face. And I tried to clean it off and it would not come off. It was like, it's like scratched into. Ew. Oh my like, god! Did you take a picture. I I will have a picture of it. I for I meant to take one this morning. Um, because obviously Cause it's, it's still like there because it's permanent. But I'll, I'll have to take one tomorrow. Um, but oh, it's fuck. like a scratched in face, like scratched into the chalkboard on the backside of had that anyone else seen it before no one has ever seen it before. I was asking people. No one has had ever seen it before. No one ever noticed it. Is it in the, and, like the same area that you saw the figure in? Uh, no, it's not in the same, in the same, uh, uh, area, but the drawing looks like a little girl because it has a little bow in its hair and, and that light 
that was moving, it was kind of like in a skipping. Oh, no. Like someone like skipping or walking like this, like walking very like bouncy. So I was, mm-hmm. it had like, when I think back at it, it had like a childlike vibe. Does does the cam do the cameras record? Like you can go back and see it. I again? nope, they don't, which is so stupid. And they're newer, right? Yeah, they were installed recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my friend Chaz, his house is set up like that. Like ever since I've known him, like before that was like really a popular thing to do. He's just like a techie guy. He has cameras all over his house, and like sensors on his door and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the night that I went with him to do the escape room earlier this year before we like left to come back to his house he got a notification on his phone that his garage door opened oh like the not his garage door but the door from his house to his garage does he live in an old house no but it is a house with a little bit of a history but when we got back to his house we like looked around and it was a little spooky and stuff and he was like that, like, doesn't happen very often because the one time that it has happened before, he got a notification that his garage door opened and that there was, like, people in his house. And he could, like, watch the videos mm-hmm. to see if he could see anyone. But instead, he just rushed home. And when he got home, there was someone there. Oh. And it was his dad. Oh. Stealing <laughs> beer from his fridge because his dad was drunk with his friends. Oh, oh no. And they lived close enough that they walked over and stole a bunch of his beer. Oh my god. But yeah. That sucks. That must have been spooky for like a second. Yeah. So the studio is haunted. Congratulations. That's sometimes, exciting. Good job. Sometimes I stay late what like after we're closed to like work on like my own like ceramic stuff and like it is like a little spooky in there. Even though I like, can imagine we're like, like outside of a mall, so it's like you you would be like oh it's not scary it's like a new building and but but then like once mm-hmm. once I thought about like oh wait there's like some old ass and antiques in here mm-hmm. and there are like trees and stuff for like decorations in there yeah like, we have like it's old spooky dead trees <laughs> it's like yeah it's like spooky vibes in there yeah like birch yeah trunks they're alder trees. Oh, are they? I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um, How dare you? But yeah, the houses in Poltergeist were brand new. Yep, that's true. Hadn't even finished right. the pool yet. But also, like, it's all about that conjuring thing. How in the like conjuring, like, to objects. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I saw that face and I said, that's it right there. I just knew. I just knew. What's her name? What would you name her? Gretel. <laughs> Gretel? Okay. Yeah, that's pretty scary. <laughs> Some old name. Gretel. Jeez. That's pretty good. Wow. Yep. So that's my fun little little spooky stories. That is scary. Yeah. I want to I want to go back to the studio and do like like, let's do, like, a Ouija session or something, like a seance. Okay. In the middle of the night. 
Yeah. Yeah, let's that do sounds it. That great. We could put the Ouija board on the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> and just see where the yeah. thing flies to yeah. the planchette Amazing. flies off oh my god a ghost oh. anyways who wants to be All next right. you want me to be next should I do any mini mighty mo between the two of you I don't care if you want to uh, go next then you can go I don't know should I flip a coin it's up to you we're too indecisive. I'll just go next. We don't deserve a podcast. I'll, I'll okay, choose. Cool. I'll go. So I have been watching a lot of American Horror Story, like just catching up on it. Mm-hmm. And I finished all of the seasons. And I wanted to try to watch another show. But I couldn't watch another show that wasn't like Ryan Murphy. I just wasn't ready yet. So uh-huh. I started mm-hmm. watching... Um, the assassination of Johnny Versace. So I'm Aww. doing. That's been on my list for so long. The show or the murder? <laughs> the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, because so, I loved the trial of O.J. Simpson. I've seen it like five times. It was. I, I finished it uh, over the weekend, and it was pretty good. I watched good. the first episode, and then I watched the second episode and fell asleep, and then I never watched any other episodes. It, I don't like it's it's like out of order it's a weird like they jump from like present to past to like mm-hmm. and it's in a like weird format that like it's kind of hard to follow but I did love really the good people story. versus OJ Simpson though I didn't watch that one yet but what it's so good maybe I'll watch that one next because I don't think I'm ready to like go back to normal television yet <laughs> so anyways yeah so the, my story is about the assassination of um, Johnny Versace hell yeah so clap 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 let me find the beginning of my story okay so one thing because we've like t- taken like such a long break one thing that I want to start doing differently like in my stories is talk more about like the victims rather than like detailing like the murderer's life you know so Mm-hmm. I'm going to start doing that today by talking about Johnny uh, Versace's life because I didn't know a lot about him before this. And he was like a pioneer, like a fashion pioneer. Like it's mm-hmm. I had no idea. So he was born in Reggio Calabria, Italy in 1946. And from a young age, he was thrust into the world of fashion because his mother was um, she owned a sewing shop. And um, she gave him an apprenticeship where he learned, like, the basis of designing and creating clothing after she noticed that he was, like, more interested in watching her design clothes and make clothes than, like, play outside like a normal little boy. (laughs) And so um, he had a strong love for design influenced by the landscape of his hometown, which led him to study ancient Greek and Latin. He also showed a strong interest in architecture as he grew up. When he turned 26, he moved to Milan to study fashion design. He soon began designing collections for Italian fashion brand Jenny, and by age 32, he had designed his own signature collection, um, which was presented at Palazzo della Permanente, which is an art museum in Milan. And he also put on his own fashion show and opened up a boutique in Milan's version of, like, L.A.'s Melrose Avenue and, like, Rodeo Drive. So he's, like, done, he he had done so much already by, like, age 30. 
and he was known for his um, bold pieces with uh, bold prints and colors and dramatic cuts. And he had been known to say, I don't believe in good taste, which I thought was <laughs> amazing. Love that. Love that. Yeah. And um, he believed in dressing to attract attention and took many risks in his designs, uh, blatantly disregarding the rules of fashion of the era. He even created uh, a new fabric called Oraton, which was like a lightweight chainmail-like fabric. And um, it was made of like tiny metal platelets chained together. And so I looked it up to see what it looked like. And it didn't look very comfortable, but it did look very breathable, I guess. Um, (laughs) And I also like, while I was looking it up, I found a bunch of like vintage online shops that were selling like these vintage pieces made of Oraton. And they're going for like almost $3,000 for like a shirt. It's insane. Does it matter what the metal is? Is it usually gold? The one that I saw was like a silver color, but um Okay. Yeah, it it's Wasn't um Kesha wearing Versace at uh the American Music Awards? Probably. I don't know. I didn't really watch the American Music Awards. <laughs> well, I didn't watch it, but I saw when I was cruising the internet that um uh, All I saw was the tiny purse. Oh yeah. Lizzo's tiny cute. purse. That was cute. Yeah. Um, but he also branched out into jewelry, china, and home textiles, and he also did costuming for stage productions, most notably the gowns for Capriccio, which was a San Francisco opera production, and he also designed costumes for Michael Jackson, Elton John, and Paul McCartney. He was also the first to include celebrities in his marketing campaigns by seating them front row at his fashion shows. And mm. he is credited with inventing what we all recognize now as the 1990s, like, supermodel. Yeah. And he also did a number of on-screen, like, projects. Apparently, he was in, I didn't know this, he was in uh, Spice World, the movie Spice World. But his scenes were cut because he was murdered <sighs> right before the premiere. <gasps> oh, my God. So That's why that movie's haunted. I love that, that movie. movie. That movie scared me when I was little. That part where the guy comes out of the toilet. <laughs> the bald man. That is a terrifying That part. bald man. That I used to like cry at that scene. As you should. It's really scary. <laughs> so uh, Versace's legacy includes 130 boutiques around the world. Or this was by 1997. Um, he had 130 b- boutiques around the world. And his company was valued at over $130 million. And in his 50s, he had settled into a beautiful Miami Beach mansion that he had purchased and renovated after a cancer scare. He had, like, this really rare form of cancer, like, in his ear. So he was kind of, like, not making a lot of public appearances at the time because it, like, his ear was, like, it had gotten, like, really big and infected. And so he was really, um, like, self-conscious about it. Um, but he was well known around his neighborhood for being friendly and approachable. And if he wasn't like in the mood for fans, he would like turn them down graciously and then go about his day. There's a scene in American Crime Story um, where like a drag queen dressed as his sister Donatella like comes up to the gates of his mansion and like yells up to him to let him in. And he 
yells down and says like, oh, sorry, I can only handle one Donatella at the moment. So like he was funny (laughs) and took everything kind of like lightly. So um, he seemed like a really cool guy and he didn't really have any enemies except for like a rivalry with Giorgio Armani, which was, I guess, a big thing. So, um, on July 15th, 1997, Versace had stepped out of this mansion on Ocean Drive for a morning walk. He stopped to buy a coffee and some fashion magazines before heading back. He walked up the steps to unlock the front gate to his property, but sadly, he never made it inside. Before he could turn the key, Versace was shot twice, execution style, in the back of the head. And normally, um, he would have sent out an assistant to do this, but that day he decided that he was he wanted to go. And he was rushed to the hospital, but was pronounced dead shortly after arriving. A witness chased down the suspect, who was seen fleeing from the property but was unable to catch him. This gave police a description of the assailant, and although not a lot of info is known about how they identified the attacker, I think it was probably because of the, the description of what he was wearing and the type of gun that was used. Um, but they narrowed it down to one suspect, uh, 27-year-old Andrew Cunanan. So Andrew Cunanan's story is wild um, <clears throat> in in the show because there's not a lot of like re- like uh, known reason for why he did it. They kind of like in the show like fill in the gaps of like what they think mm-hmm. happened because okay. his life was crazy. He... Um, by the time he murdered Versace, he had already killed four other people, and he was basically, like, running across the country from the FBI. And um, he he was on the America's Most Wanted list at the time. He had murdered two um, of his ex-boyfriends, <clears throat> and the FBI was tracking him across the U.S. So by the time he got to Florida, um, there was, like, a manhunt for him. So, uh, Andrew Cunanan grew up in a middle-class family in California, uh, and in high school, he reportedly had an IQ higher than 99% of the population. He was bright, and yeah, he was, like, one of those, like, really charming, like, talkative people that, like, he was just interesting and different, and, like, he, like, lit up a room whenever he, like, went inside. Like, wherever he went, he was, like, the center of attention. Um, and his parents like worked really hard to provide him with the best education. He was known in school by peers as being flamboyant and as well as a prolific liar. He often lied about knowing and hanging out with celebrities, parties and clubs he went to. And later in life, he would lie about his identity and career, seemingly to impress others. He had a deep seated interest in luxury and fame and had a charming and larger than life personality. He attended college in San Diego for about a year before dropping out and moving to San Francisco. Around the same time, Cunanan began spending a lot of time in gay bars and clubs, striking up conversations and relationships with older wealthy men in order to fund his extravagant lifestyle. It had been reported that Andrew began working as an escort and dealing drugs to help fund his illusion of riches. He was a fixture of gay nightlife in San Francisco of the 90s, And many of his friends had different ideas of who Andrew was. So no one actually, like, all of his friends knew a different version of him. 
they all like thought he did different uh jobs and Ooh. no one knew where like his money was actually coming from but he was like an escort so you'd have um, to be a genius to keep all those stories straight yeah he was he was a pretty interesting fascinating person um so like depending on who andrew like wanted them to think he was he was um like either he would say he was a movie set designer like work uh on a break from mexico like he was building the set for titanic um he said he was a finance guy for movies he said he was an interior designer for the stars and in the show i don't know if this is true but he had told his mother that he was traveling the world with versace like helping him like design clothes uh for like the operas so um so he would often exaggerate or straight up lie about meeting celebrities including a frequently used story about how he befriended versace after a showing of capriccio so no one actually knows if he actually like ever met versace or like if they knew each other or like what because he was such a liar nobody actually really knows um so his murder spree started began or his murder spree began when he was rejected by one of his friends, naval officer Jeffrey Trail, who began to catch on to Cunanan's shadiness and distance himself by moving to Minneapolis. The details of most of his murders are unclear, but Cunanan followed Trail to Minneapolis in April 1997, where he beat Trail to death with a hammer. He somehow got a hold of Trail's uh, pistol because he was in the uh, the Navy, I think. Yeah, in the Navy. And a fucking he, hammer? Yeah, he beat him with a hammer and then stole Jesus his gun. Christ. And then a few days later, he kidnapped and then uh, shot to death a former boyfriend named David Madsen, who was like a uh, up-and-coming architect who was like very promising and his career was like on the rise. And he also, this, um, what's his name? David Madsen also was catching on to Andrew's, like, weird behaviors and didn't actually, like, believe him and, like, caught on to his lies. So he, like, broke up with him and moved back. Um, Or, no, he went to... He lived, like, a couple states away. So he drove over, kidnapped him, and then killed him. The, like, details are unclear about that one as well. And then the next month, he uh, traveled to Chicago where he met up with Lee Miglin, who was a famous real estate developer, and he tortured and killed Miglin in his home and then stole his car. So he, um, Miglin was found with his head wrapped in duct tape, and he was, like, stabbed with a screwdriver, I think, over 20 times. And then, so he stole Miglin's car, and, um... It is unclear about whether, like, Lee Miglin and Andrew Cunanan knew each other, but, like, his family denies that they knew each other, but I I think he might have been one of Andrew's clients. At this point, this guy has a gun, so he's choosing the screwdriver. Yes. Mm-hmm. Before, so, you didn't know if he only had a hammer. Now he has a gun, and he's picking mm-hmm. the screwdriver. Yeah, so... Yikes. I'm pretty sure they knew each other um, somehow. And then a week after that, he murdered a cemetery caretaker named William Reese. Uh, he shot him 
for the sole purpose of stealing his truck um, because he needed a new car. Uh, And so he killed him and took his car and uh, drove it to Florida. And it took the FBI over two months to locate him in Florida. Like they lost him for that two months. And he was basically just partying, like hiding in plain sight, having a great time in um, basically South Beach, I think is where he was. Um, He was doing a lot of meth. And um, they, yeah, he was, he was selling drugs and he was also doing a lot of drugs. So he, or the FBI has been like criticized because like half of his um, victims were openly gay and they think that they weren't putting a lot of um, like backing behind actually uh-huh. tracking him because mm-hmm. yeah. nobody cared because they were gay. And so they've been criticized for that. Um, it happens a lot. Yeah. So um, he ended up just by chance, I think, seeing Versace on this day and ended up shooting him and um they they realized after um like the witness described him that oh yeah this is probably Andrew Cunan and this guy that we've been following for pretty much the year um and then after they realized it was him who had killed Versace uh it took them two weeks to find him they had set up like roadblocks uh at every like exit for the city so he couldn't escape so they knew he was there somewhere but it took them two weeks to find him he had been hiding uh in a houseboat that he had broken into and um when was it so two weeks later in july 23rd they finally located him and he shot himself in the houseboat and died so we don't really know the real story about like why he did it but i think it's probably Mm -hmm. because he was obsessed with Versace's like like iconic like he was an icon and he he was doing things that no one had ever done before and Andrew was obsessed with his appearance and what others thought of him and what he didn't but he didn't want to work for it so the easiest way to make himself most memorable is by taking the life of someone who had done so much and that was like well known and loved by everybody. So he was uh, an interesting fact. He was voted, Andrew Kanan was voted um, most likely to be remembered in high school. So Ooh, yikes. That's he scary. He kind of got what he wanted. So yeah, and that's the story of the murder of Johnny Versace. Wow. But um, it's not proven that it was him, right? Um, he had the gun. They like matched the, the bullets, and then the description of the, um, the, of the suspect from like the eyewitness who saw it. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Are there him. any other theories that you know of? Not that I know of. Um, yeah, it's anyone's guess. Like they're they're not even sure that he actually even like met Versace because he would. He told a bunch of people like that they were friends um, that they had met before, but there's no way to know. Yeah. 
And he, like, that was one thing that was constant between, like, all of his friends is, like, everybody knew that he was obsessed with with Versace. So, yeah, I think it was just him wanting the fame for it. But then the thought of going to jail and not getting to wear the clothes that he wanted or live the life, like, the luxury life that he wanted was, like, worse than death. So, yikes. So he just killed himself. I like the way you say Versace. That's how it's pronounced. I know. I always say Versace. (laughs) Like a dumb little white girl that I am. That's okay. Who, um... Who played him? Who played him? Darren, what's his name? Darren. Darren Chris. Chris. Such yeah. a cutie. Who's Darren Chris? Cute, he was cute in boy. Glee. Very cute boy. Yeah, he did an excellent job. By he, like, yeah, that first in episode. In the show, I he's so I should finish charming. It. And is he like, in American Horror Story at all? No. Darren Chris. No, I don't no. think so. Uh, but he is he? Is he the boyfriend in Glee? Yes. That goes to the other school? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I remember that. He yeah, also he... was in the um, Broadway production of Hedwig. Ah. Hmm. One of the newer Hedwigs. Oh, wow. There have been so many in recent years. Mm-hmm. So many notable ones. He's one of yeah. them. He's a, uh, he's a brilliant actor, especially in... The assassination of Johnny Versace because he can play super charming and also like super pathetic. Like you feel bad for him, even though you know, like that he's just full of shit and he's mm-hmm. trying to make people feel sorry for him. Ooh. It's wild. Manipulator. Yeah. Spooky. So that's my story. <clears throat> that's a good one. I can't wait to watch that now. I was about to like, um, cancel my netflix but maybe i gotta keep it why would you cancel for it? another week i don't watch it very often really mm-hmm. do you watch hulu more i have been watching hulu uh i've also been watching a lot of like hbo documentaries mm-hmm. and a lot of youtube lately i just haven't mm-hmm. been watching netflix hmm. yeah definitely watch i that guess before. i don't really watch netflix that much either I can't remember the last time I used my subscription. I tried watching that Paul Rudd show, Living With Yourself, I think it's mm-hmm. called. How was that? Didn't like it. Yeah, it didn't mm. look very... It didn't catch my interest, so I never even tried it. But... Did you watch Paul Rudd's uh, Hot Ones episode? I did, yes. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it, but I've seen a lot of clips from it. I love... Paul Rudd and I think he's very handsome but during that episode of Hot Ones I realized that I do not like his teeth and it completely ruined what everything wait what I have to look What's up wrong with his I teeth? have to look up his teeth right now I don't know I just I just don't like them I don't like the way that they are I think I'm I can sorry, picture Paul them Paul Rudd teeth oops I put teeth by accident teeth there's something about them that just I don't like it. He has cute teeth. His teeth are fine. Mm, I don't know. I I I don't know. <laughs> they're like a little. They're a little Describe short. Them. They're like mm, they're maybe that's small. it. Small. They're small. I like a short tooth. 
I like big. I like a long tooth too. They're f- totally fine. They're like well, whose whose teeth do you like, Krista? Who's your favorite do teeth? I like Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Willem Dafoe has great teeth. <laughs> uh, Post like Malone has good. Post teeth. Malone, I like a gappy. Ooh. I like gappy teeth. I think yeah, gappy me too. teeth, big teeth, like round, rounder teeth. Are rounder teeth, huh? Yeah, that's what I like. Rounder teeth are considered more you. feminine. Mm-hmm. I like them. So. What about a, what about a buck tooth? What do you feel about uh, that? Like who? Uh, Chucky Finster. <laughs> that's, that's the first thing that came to mind. Okay, Kelly, go ahead and tell your story. First name okay. and last name, Chucky Finster. <laughs> uh, it's Kelly's turn now. Kelly. All right. What's it going to be this time? I guess I spoiled the mood. Time? All right. So when we were going to record on Halloween or for a Halloween episode... I wrote this whole thing out in a day, as well as all the campfire tales and the sounds fake, but okay. So this was a little rushed, That's okay. but I was so proud of it, proud-ish of it, or I liked it so much that I wanted to keep it the same, even though it's sort of a, a rushed feeling one. So That's okay. If it, if okay. it seems That's lazy, just think of it, story. I wrote it in a day. Yeah, that's uh, my stories every time, so it's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, you All guys right. are not spending only one day on your stories. Like, I only spend one day on my stories. <laughs> I usually, well, I usually spend a whole day. I spend about half a day on this because I was working on other stuff too. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. But anyway. The commitment. Do you guys believe in the mystical power of the Ouija board? No. How about you guys at home? Have you ever played with one? Christ. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe you were too scared or not allowed. I've met religious people who take it very seriously and think it's blasphemous or something. Maybe disrespectful to God in some way. Mm-hmm. Whatever their reasoning, they don't touch one. Historically, the Ouija board started as a game. People, usually open-minded women, would make an alphabet, writing it on cards or papers or whatever, and use a glass instead of the now ubiquitous planchette. They'd hover their fingers over the glass, and it would move, spelling out its response. So you guys have both played with one, right? I have owned one since I was eight years old. I have never played with a Ouija board. Whoa. Well. I've seen one in person, but I've never played with one. Really? Is there a reason why? No. Just, just never busy. Felt the... Just never had. I, I just never. Just too busy. <laughs> too busy, yeah. I also, I ne- I never had enough friends. Mm, yeah, you need a good amount yeah. of people to put their fingers on at least one. three. Yeah. We yeah, can do it. Sure. Just us. Power of three. Yeah. We could do it if we want. I have one. Well, when you put your fingers over the planchette, Krista, did you want it to move? Mm, I don't know what I was expecting. Sometimes Were it you does. afraid that it would? No, I, I think my my uh, my skepticism gets the best of me sometimes. Would you be disappointed if it didn't? I mean, it's always disappointing when you, yeah. I would be yeah. if it doesn't. I'd be like, where are the damn? Because the whole point is, you want it to move, right? 
Then you're just what about sitting the people there? that you've played with? Were they scared? Were they excited? Were they skeptical? When you asked it a question, did you really want the answer? I'm having a little fun. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So, so. <laughs> I didn't know if, he, if these were rhetorical questions that I was just answering like an asshole. Kelly. <laughs> so I'm having a little fun. Science Sorry. pretty much agrees that it's not ghosts answering your questions, but ourselves. We moved the planchette due to something called the idiomotor effect, which means that we want the planchette to move so badly that we do it ourselves, even if we don't know that we are. Your hands move it without telling your brain. Of course, one could argue that our hands are haunted. Or rather, that yes, maybe it's us and not a ghost moving the pointer around the board, but could some sort of spirit or supernatural force be moving us to do so? If you believe in the paranormal, if that's your baseline that you're starting at, then what's to stop you from believing in communication from the other side when we've so clearly facilitated it? And beyond pure communication, may we have facilitated something else for these spirits or demons or whatever? Could we have opened a door for them or given them the key to unlock it themselves? Mm. (gasps) I'm a skeptic. So I don't really believe in ghosts or spirits or whatever. I think we want the pointer to move, so we move it and draw whatever conclusions we want from the answers that we're given. I believe in the idiomotor effect. However, when it's late, when it's dark, when a room is lit by candlelight or moonlight alone, when the air is electric and your arm hair stands on end, when your nerves are shot in the slightest unexpected noise or visual from your periphery can make you jump out of your fucking skin and especially times like these i have halloweeniest of times written down but let's just say thanksgivingest of times (laughs) these are the times that i want to believe so these are my favorite most compelling stories i've found regarding the Ouija board. Dun, dun, dun. Amazing. I'm turning my life I back feel like on. I'm I turned my life off. <laughs> I turned my light off. <laughs> I feel I like... I thought that your webcam went out. I got scared for a second. Nope. That Ooh, intro was like very Unsolved Mysteries. Or like Loved Beyond that. Belief. I was going for... Are You Afraid of the Dark? Or yeah, Beyond Belief. Something like that. Those are my favorites. That was good. Go, go, Please excuse go, my go. reading. I am asthmatic and I have a cold and I'll be reading these out loud, so. Can't wait. Give me a break. Let me take a breath. <sighs> All right. Here's Girl, me one. too. So excited. From Reddit user Rooster Coolhane. <laughs> In high school, a couple friends, my friend's mom and myself, were talking about a local building being haunted. It was a business for soil conditioners that sells dirt bark, and other landscaping goods. It was rumored to be the location of a murder years before. The mom worked there, so we decided to break out the board, head over, and give it a shot. I had never used one before, so I was skeptical from the jump. The place is essentially a large warehouse with tall metal racks. Think like Costco or Home Depot big metal shelving units stacked with bags of dirt, manure, bark, and other things like large ceramic flower pots. The board was glow-in-the-dark, so we kept all the lights off. 
Once we got it going, it started moving around and I was freaking out already. We asked it something, or we asked if something was there to let us know. And there was a loud metal bang that seemed to come across the rafters on the other side of the warehouse. Every question that followed was met with a similar bang from a various location in the warehouse, sometimes close, sometimes far. The last question asked was if it meant us harm, and the pointer, which was already on the no answer, did not move. The question was repeated, and immediately followed by the closest bang yet, it seemed right on top of us. So we decided to ski-fucking-daddle. As we were rushing out, we flipped on our flashlights and saw two large flower pots fall from the racks and shatter, and heard what we would later find to be 40-pound bags of bark dropping to the ground. There was also a slow, low, grinding noise that my friends returning the next day found out was a sledgehammer that had been dragged through the dirt-covered cement floor, standing straight up in the air with no drag marks and no footprints near. Ew. I like that one. That's scary. Because those are heavy. Like, those <clears throat> bags? Heavy. Oh, yeah. Those bags? Heavy. 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 All right. Bitch. This one is from Reddit user Strange Objects123. A few years ago, my friends, <laughs> a group of girls decided to try this out with a group of guys. We were in the 12th grade at the time. My group of girls had messed around with it before to varying degrees of success. Well, this time it was my hands on the planchette with my other girlfriend. The thing was moving crazy fast, faster than I had ever seen, and seemed to be getting quite agitated by the group of guys we were with who were joking around and not taking it seriously. It essentially told them to shut up and stop talking. I told the guys, seriously, please stop being rude. I'm kind of freaked out. Anyways, because I was getting nervous, one of the guys took over. He was a bit more serious about it. Almost immediately, the thing spelled out, don't open the door. Well, we were all in the basement, and there was only one door, so we all kind of looked over at it nervously. Because I was getting anxious, I took the blanket and kind of hid my face. Immediately, it spelled out, don't hide from me. (gasps) Everyone was freaked out. The guy who had his hands on the planchette literally started to cry. He wanted to take his hands off, but we have this rule that you don't take your hands off until you get to say goodbye. Everyone wanted to stop, but it took about 10 minutes asking the dumb questions until the thing finally slid to goodbye. Some of the guys speculated afterwards that it meant don't open the metaphysical door of the spiritual world. The reason being is we told them to never ask for a sign or else it kind of lets the spirit roam free outside the board. Before that guy took over, they kept asking for a sign, only for me to cut them off mid-sentence and tell them to knock it off. So this made some sense. Looking back on it, I am very much quite an atheist, so not entirely sure what to make of the situation, but I don't touch that thing ever again. That's how much of an impact it left. Spooky. Yikes. Dun, dun, dun. This one's not from Reddit. I think I found it in an article that I will 
credit later on. Hold on. Yeah, I have my stuff at the bottom. When I was 15, my grandma asked me to use a board to contact my uncle who died at birth. At first, it seemed we were talking to my uncle, but as time went on, the personality of my uncle changed. He got mean and possessive, and finally, the spirit told me that it had my uncle and was coming for me. At that moment, I blacked out for a full minute. When I came to, my grandma was in a worried panic. While I was out, the light bulbs in the kitchen had popped and there was glass everywhere. We never played again. Whoa. Spooky. Yeah, if I don't like know learned if I want anything, to play, play with one. I don't think I want <laughs> like, to. Don't don't try and talk to like relatives cuz it's probably not going to be a relative. That's like yeah. most of the cases like when you read stories especially, like that it's never who you think it is especially a stillborn child yeah they didn't even I mean, get how, a how would you to even know english or spanish or spanish yeah <laughs> i wish i knew spanish stop it if you <laughs> <laughs> my father and my two aunts lived in a house that was supposedly haunted one night, my aunt was having a sleepover with her friends, and one of them brought a Ouija board. They ended up communicating with a spirit named Rosalie. They asked where she was, and she said, on your lap. Then the nightgown my aunt was wearing puffed downward onto her lap, as if someone was sitting on my aunt's lap. They started to freak out. Then the spirit wrote out, put on channel 78, I like Elvis. And of course, to my aunt and her friend's shock, one of Elvis's shows was on at that exact channel. She has not touched a Ouija board since. <laughs> that doesn't sound very harmful. Like, <laughs> No, but it's spooky if it's real. Yeah. That is spooky. I mean, just because a ghost is nice doesn't mean it's not a ghost. I guess. I think this, yep, this is my last one, and it's my favorite one, and it's a long boy, so settle in. Okay. All right. This is from a throwaway account on Reddit. Ooh, so you know it's this real. Sto <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that has any effect. They don't want their name besmirched, at least. This story is going to make me sound crazy, but here it goes. Before this incident, I had never used a Ouija board in my life. Growing up, I had an aunt who would dabble with Ouija boards and the paranormal, and my mother always advised me to never touch one. One day, my partner decided it would be fun to buy a Ouija board and use it with a few friends. I wouldn't say we were complete skeptics, but I don't think any of us were really expecting anything wild to happen. We went on the internet and looked up how to safely use one and plan out what kind of questions we would ask. So we run to Toys R Us and pick up a Hasbro Ouija board. <laughs> Toys R Us. We didn't really want to use it at our house, so we gathered up a couple friends, and I drove to a state park a few towns over. Ooh, using a Ouija board outside is, like, mm -hmm. so scary. That is so scary. Yeah, every noise is going to, like, spooky yes, regardless exactly. of if it's a ghost or a bird or some shit, right? And a state park. Don't, like, thousands of people go missing, like, all the time at state parks yeah dude and nobody knows like what happens to them they go up that uh staircase in the sky i'm scared ah, i'm scared 
Okay, what happens? We start to head up the hiking trail and find a good spot to lay the board down. We begin going through the motions of asking it if there was a spirit who would like to communicate, etc., etc. The planchette moved with ease. It's a really strange, powerful feeling when it glides across the board. The planchette came it came with was a thick hunk of plastic, and there was quite a bit of friction when trying to intentionally move it across the board. We were a bit stunned that the damn thing was working. We asked the spirit if it was a good spirit. Of course, the planchette moved over to no. We then asked if it wanted to harm us. Planchette moves over to yes. My partner asks how it would go about doing this. The board began to spell out E-N-G-I-N-E. Engine. We see a group of hikers coming up in our general direction, and we carelessly put the board away without properly saying goodbye. (gasps) We hike back down to another secluded area and decide to try again. This time, we come into contact with a spirit who claims to be a six-year-old boy who died sometime in the 1800s. Seemed nice at first until he told our friend he wanted him to die so he would have someone to play with. That's kind of sad. We... <laughs> yeah. I mean, just die. What? I know. I don't die eventually. Die for hanging out with the kid. Right. We decide to ask the board questions only we would know the answers to. Each person... Each person asking the question took their hands off the planchette, to be certain. The board got very got every damn question correct, and that's when I started to feel a bit uneasy. I honestly couldn't believe it. The board then proceeded to spell out my name, which here is like her throwaway Reddit username. Mm-hmm. I was confused as to what that meant. S- Let me just say that her name is Catherine, okay. for the sake of the story. It began to spell out Catherine. I was confused as to what that meant. Soon after, it began to rain, so we told the board that that we had to go and asked it to help us bring the planchette down to goodbye. It complied. We all began walking back to my car when I noticed this woman sitting in an SUV next to mine watching us. Her gaze never really left, and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. We all get in my car, and I go to start it, and the engine doesn't turn over. It was almost as if the battery was dead, but my accessories still worked. I begin to shit bricks. I hadn't had my car for very long, and it never gave me trouble. It seemed like way too big of a coincidence. I look over at that woman and put my window down and ask her if she has jumper cables. She reaches behind her and pulls them out, as if she had them ready. We get out of my car and hook them up. When my partner's friend's phone rings from a number he doesn't recognize. He picks it up and it was someone just asking if we were okay. He chalked it up to the fact that a drug dealer previously had the number, so he got a lot of weird unknown calls. Pretty weird. We start chatting with this woman and thank her for letting us use the jumper cables. Turns out she has the same name as me, Catherine which the board had previously spelled out, perhaps a warning. She tells us that she works as an ultrasound technician at a local hospital and has cancer and young children. We ask her what she was doing at the parking lot, to which she explained she was waiting for her weed dealer. Medical marijuana is legal in my state, so I was a bit perplexed, but didn't think anything of it. I was just grateful she was helping us. I go to try and start the car, 
and it still doesn't work. It just kind of rolls for a few feet in the parking lot before shutting off. At this point, it's getting dark, and I begin to come to terms with the fact that I'll have to call a tow truck. Our friends ended up getting picked up, and my partner stayed with me as we waited for the tow truck to arrive. We told the woman she could leave since she was still weirdly waiting with us. She offered for us to sit in her car while we wait because it was raining again. I asked her if she could pop the trunk so I could sit on the ledge, but she told me the trunk didn't open. So stupidly, I get in the car with my partner. (gasps) No. The weird woman made a joke about disabling her child's safety locks in the back, so I won't think she's trying to keep us there. That rubbed me the wrong way. She starts telling me that maybe I should just leave my car there and offer to give us a ride home. I politely decline. Then she tells me that she has a friend whose husband works for Volkswagen, and he could surely fix my car for a good price. She calls up her friend, and because we were in the car, it was quiet enough that my partner and I could faintly hear the other line. She explains the car problem and asks how much it would be to fix it. We hear on the other line the person ask if I'm a boy or a girl. (gasps) The woman says, girl, and the man on the line simply says, good. (sighs) Nope. We get out of the car and tell her the tow truck should be there soon and thank her for her help. We gave her the Ouija board and told her she could keep it because we didn't want it anymore. I still wonder what she did with it. She kept trying to give me her to give her my phone number to get me to give her my phone number and kept saying she would come with me to get my car fixed from her friend. Eventually, she fucked up. We ended up getting back home late, told the AAA guy how we were fucking around with a Ouija board and met the weird lady afterwards. He said he wouldn't have picked us up if he had known that. The next day, my partner opened his text that he sent out while we were waiting for the tow. In a conversation with his mother, the text box had, quote, yes, Satan, yes, written out. The message wasn't sent, but he sure as hell didn't write that on purpose. The next day, I call the hospital to see if that woman even worked there, like she had claimed. No, of course she didn't. They transferred me to two different floors, and there was no ultrasound technician working there with my name, Catherine. To this day, I still don't know how to explain what happened that night, and I'm sure as hell never using a Ouija board again. Also, the dealer the woman claimed to be waiting for never even showed up. So what was she doing that night? What was her what her were her, what were her intentions? We will never know. That's the end. Gross. There is one thing I love that story that I don't understand about what like why she wouldn't want to use a Ouija board again because like it technically warned her. It did. So I, what did it say? I didn't like that one. That scared me. That was very scary. I'm gonna have nightmares. Well, you've never used a Ouija board before. I don't think I will. Right? Ever. Let's do no. it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I've that got one. a good one. Wow. I read a lot of really good ones. Those were just my top five. What, um, was that on, it was on Reddit? 
Um, that one was on Reddit. A couple of the others. Let me see. The other places I found stuff were Kotaku, The Real Fakery of the Ouija Board by Riley McLeod, and I found some stories on, um, like, the Reader's Digest website. Oh. Because I'm 68 years old, I guess. <laughs> the, only, <laughs> the only, like, spooky game I ever played with my friends, which we all know is light as a feather, stiff as a board. <laughs> Remember that story? Yes. <laughs> Where they flung you up into the sky? No. Remember? No, I don't remember. Yes, you do. I do. When we were... Ha- oh, someone Yes. <laughs> That's what it was. Can you tell it really quick? Yeah, we... <laughs> yeah, tell it. It was one of my best friend's birthday parties when we were like nine or ten years old and we were playing light as a feather, stiff as a board. And we were all taking turns being the person <laughs> that lays down and... um. One of my other friends was the one that lays down and we were doing the light as a feather stiff as a board and we were all concentrating super hard and we finally got her up and we all had her like above our heads and she farted and we all dropped her. (laughs) (laughs) One of my really like one of my best friends was like, everybody go wash your hands right now. And so we were all like lined up in the bathroom to wash our hands. Oh my god. So fucking mean. That is horrible. So mean. I would have cried if that was me. So, so, so mean. <laughs> Mom, can you come pick me up? Something I- just farted on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Near my hands. Someone just farted on my hands. That's so funny. I gotta go. I gotta go, guys. <laughs> Oh, those are good. Maybe we will have to play with one, but we can't ask anything spooky and we're not doing it outside. We are. Fuck no, we're not doing it outside. Hell no. All right. (laughs) We can't. Well, what about my front yard? No. Okay. In the pool. What about my bathroom? No. (laughs) What about under my bed? No. I don't think I'd want to do it in your house. Why not my house? Because your house is spooky. My house isn't spooky. I feel like it could be. I'm in my house right now. Don't say that. I think that if we were to play with a Ouija board, I would want to do it in Krista's house. I don't know why. Krista's house is less spooky. I've played with a Ouija board in my house before. We could do that. Wait, but no, wait, no, no, never mind. You have spooky stories about your house. Yeah, that's what I was. I've never seen anything scary in my house. Have you? No, but I sometimes I get spooky vibes. Yeah, I get scared to oh. go pee by myself in your house, Kelly. Really? Yeah. It's a little, it's got spooky vibes. Is it because my room is painted green? Maybe. I think it's because the you color have a chalkboard that says that Slimy is watching me. Slimy is watching you, but Slimy's good. Yeah. She's right over there. Slimy. I'd show you, but you wouldn't be able to see her. It's t- She's black as the night. That's okay. Yep. All right. So is that, are we wrapping it up then? I guess so. All right. Kelly, you want to take it away? Plug our stuff? Do you remember our stuff? Sure. I sure do. Okay. Uh, If you have any scary stories of your own, you can email those to us at bravegirlspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Instagram.com, we are bravegirlspodcast. 
We are Brave Girls Podcast on Twitter as well. We haven't been active on any of these because we haven't been active on anything, but uh, give us a follow. And of course, feel free to like us on Facebook. We are the Brave Girls Club Podcast. Whoop, whoop. All right. That's, Anything else? That's it. Do you want to plug your pottery Instagram? Uh, Not really? No. It's Yeah, I, I could plug <laughs> it. Uh, if you are interested in um, buying pottery or looking at pottery, my Instagram is ceramicsaguaro, at ceramicsaguaro. Thank yeah. you for that opportunity. Nice. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know if you wanted to. That's fine. Yeah, that's us. All right. If you're okay, still listening, brave. if you're still listening, thanks. <laughs> yes, stay mm, brave. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.